He said to let you know that I was called the Johnster growing up. <laughs> I think God had to say to have me because if he wouldn't have said it, I wouldn't have been there. And they were very surprised because I think I was born in the womb full of coffee. So... Welcome to Joy Church. My name is Johnny. I'm very excited and just honored to speak to you guys this morning. Um, this is my family, not just my physical family, but this is my church family. Um, this is where I've grown up. This is where I accepted Christ. And my life was changed here. So I'm very excited to be here. You guys excited to be in the house of God this morning? I don't have my Joy Church t-shirt on this morning, but um, if you didn't know, this is Joy Church, so I had an awesome time in worship. Um, I love the worship team. They did a great job, um, but I think if you don't read the sign outside, you're going to be in for a surprise. People are jumping, and they're dancing, and they're singing, and they're shouting, and somebody's crying, and it's awesome, right? Um, we love serving Jesus. We love serving Jesus with joy. So that being said, um, I'm one of the youth pastors here and help with our worship team, um, so I was like, I'm very hyper, and we do stuff different in the youth group. We go a billion miles per hour. We have a lot of phrases and words we probably don't use in adult church, so I'm working my hardest not to do that to you guys. And I'm going to try to go slow. So if we speak too fast, I don't know what you're going to do. Just start yelling. Already are. I know. I, I was like, Lord, I'm not going to drink any coffee. You know, just like let the Holy Spirit move. And then I opened my phone and there was a free drink from Starbucks. I was like, forget it. <laughs> I was like, why not just go with the quad shot, you know? Um, so working on talking slowly, but I'm so excited. Like, how could you not get excited to talk about Jesus, right? Um, that gets me excited. But I know God made introverts and extroverts, and so I try to be a little bit chill. But say hello to somebody beside you. Tell them, welcome to Joy Church. Tell them they're looking beautiful. And tell them they're having a skinny day. And that's the only time you can lie in church. Just tell them they look phenomenal. They're having a skinny day. Awesome. Did anybody bring their Bible with them to church? Good. I'm old-fashioned. We, we kind of cheat here. We put it up for you on the screen, but I still love my real Bible. Um, I love having it. What? Oh. So I love having my real Bible here at church. If you have your Bible, and if not, we have the cheat screen for you. We're going to open up to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 20. Um, and then we're going to pray. So I'm going to ask us, church, this morning, as we look at the Bible, we believe that it's the Word of God. Um, this isn't just fancy words that we decided to study because we're like, oh, it looks like, you know, we want to read 2,000 pages a year. Um, the, the Bible teaches, it's God's Word to us. I'm going to encourage us this morning, um, make a, a mental thought in your mind that when we hear the Word of God this morning, um, it's not really suggestions we think about. If you are a disciple of Jesus, um, we come to the Word saying, Lord, how can I obey this? Does that make sense? Um, sometimes we come to the Bible, and it's like, well, I'm going to think about it, you know? It's like, I'm going to think about it and see if I like it, and if I like it, I'll do it. But that's actually not the way disciples of Jesus approach the Word of God, right? Um, we approach saying, Jesus, you're Lord, um, and we're about to look at what Jesus himself told us. We say, Lord, I will obey you. Um, whatever you ask, whatever you tell me, that's kind of the way lordship works. Um, it's not at your boss and say, think about doing this, no, he just, he just says, just do this, right? So as we read the word of God this morning, let's, let's realize it's God's word to us. Does that make sense? So I want you to imagine for a moment that you are one of Jesus' disciples. So he called you, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want you to get yourself in there. I want you to get your mind and your heart thinking, I'm one of Jesus' disciples. And for three years, you've walked with him. And you have seen wild and crazy stuff. Um, 
right now, the youth group, we're walking through the book of John, and I love the Gospels. I love the Gospel of Mark. If you've read it, it just goes, immediately Jesus this. Immediately Jesus raised this person from the dead. You're like, well, tell us more. No, then Jesus cast the demon out. Well, tell us more. No, no, no. Immediately Jesus this. If you read it, it's 16 chapters, and it's more action-packed than the Avengers. I promise you. More action-packed. In the Avengers, you're like, oh my gosh, there's like 80,000 superheroes. I don't know who is who. Well, Mark is even crazier than that. It's what Jesus did. So you've been with Jesus. You've seen him multiply loaves. And you've seen him multiply fishes. You've seen him raise the dead. You've seen him cast out demons. You've seen him walk on water. You've seen him speak to wind. And you've seen him and heard him speak to waves. And you have seen it obey him, right? You've seen Jesus work wonders. You've seen him work miracles. You've seen his power. You've seen his glory, Okay, and I want you to imagine that you're eating, you're eating bread and you're drinking wine with Jesus. And then he says, guys, I'm going to go to a cross, but don't worry, I'm coming back. And I don't get it. The disciples never understood. Like Jesus tells them like a million times, like, guys, don't be worried. I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back. And every time it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what's for dinner, Jesus? You making more bread and fish? And he tells them over and over and over. So you're eating dinner with Jesus and he's breaking the bread and he's, he's drinking the wine. And he tells you, this is my body. Okay, and then I want you to imagine you go to a garden and Jesus is praying and they take him and then you see him crucified and this is your Lord and this is your God that you have followed. All your hope is in him. All your delight, your hope of life, your whole life you've been waiting for a Messiah and this is him. You've seen it. Everything from the Old Testament, all the promises, he's just doing it. It's like you read, okay, the Messiah will do this and then Jesus does it and you're like, this is better than a pop-up book. It's real. This is better than 3D. FYI, I hate 3D. It's like expensive and it doesn't even work, okay? <laughs> so this is Jesus. So now he's died and you've seen him take his body and they've laid him to a tomb and all your hope is shattered, right? But three days later, you're waiting with your, your, your fellow brothers and sisters and you hear news that Jesus is alive, right? And that seems too good to be true. Okay, I do not like being disappointed, right? You've put all your hope all your, what do you call it, all your chips in one, in one man, and now he's dead, and you're back to fishing. But you hear Jesus is alive, okay? And I can just imagine the, the, how your heart would feel, just leap with joy inside of you. And you know, um, the, the disciples struggled, if you did struggle with doubt, just read the Bible, everybody did, is that they're worried, and it's like, th they worshiped him, and some doubted. And Peter, I mean, and there's Thomas, like, I kind of relate with Thomas. I'm like, I'm not going to believe it until I touch his side and I put my finger in his hand. Like, Thomas, you're crazy, but okay. And then Jesus shows up. He's like, Thomas, you didn't know, but I knew what you just said about me. Come on, do it. Okay? And Jesus is alive. He's back. And that's the greatest news in all the world for you. Okay? So I want you to put yourself there. Is that okay? We're going quickly. Okay, and now I want you to hear, for 40 days, Jesus is with you. And the Bible it doesn't tell us what he was doing. I wish it did. But it says Jesus has appeared to like 500 people. He's, he's still doing stuff. We don't know what he did. But now there's this moment and you're standing on a mountainside. Okay, and we're going to read these words. And it is just as important in your life as it was in their life 2,000 years ago. Okay, so I want you to imagine all of that being said, those three years leading up to this moment that you're standing on a mountain and Jesus has one final thing to say to you. Can we read this, church? It says this. It said, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Okay, I have overcome. I've overcome sin. I've overcome death. I've overcome the grave. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Like Jesus is saying, I'm Lord. I'm the boss. 
right? All authority on heaven and on earth is going to be. But now, here's where it gets personal. Okay, if you're Peter, you got your notebook out, okay? And Jesus says, okay, now guys, listen up. Because I got one simple instruction for you. Are you ready for it, guys? Like, Thomas, stop doubting. Like, it's real. It's me. Like, look, see, it's still here. Okay, I got one thing. Just please don't miss it. Okay, I'm, it might be a while till I come home. Like, I'm going to leave and I'm going to come back. Um, so there's one thing you have to do. Like, can you imagine you got your notebook out? Some of you, you're going to be on Evernote. Some of you are going to be on an iPad. Some of you, you would tell Jesus, I'll remember Jesus, and you'd forget. Write it down, right? So Jesus says, here's your mission. One simple word opens it. Go. Okay, I've studied it in Greek. You know what it means? Go. <laughs> studied it in Spanish. You know what it means? Go. Okay, we're going to talk about that word in a minute. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Okay, you got one simple mission. Okay, you know, they get, and then Jesus ascends up to heaven. And I want you to imagine you're one of these disciples. And you guys get in a cluster and you go, okay, we got the mission from Jesus. Two simple parts. We're going to go and we're going to make disciples. There's some little stuff in there, but we're going to focus on two parts. You guys following me? Yeah. Slow down, Johnny. Stupid coffee. I love coffee. <laughs> okay, two simple things. Go and make disciples. I want you to imagine Jesus comes down for a checkup. Maybe five years later. Now this isn't in the Bible. I just want you to imagine. And he goes, okay guys, Peter, how you doing, buddy? How's it going? Well, Jesus, like we built a connect group and we are talking about it. Like we are talking about going. We are talking about making disciples. Well, what do you mean you're talking about it? Well, like we thought it was really good, Jesus. We loved that sermon. Like we were all pretty disappointed. We thought you'd have better food. Like now you're resurrected, so maybe like garlic bread and like garlic fish. So like we're talking about what you said. He goes, and actually, Jesus, catch this. Like we all wrote it down and we memorized it too. Like, hey, Thomas, tell him, tell him, tell him. Go and make disciples, all nations. So like we memorized it, and guess what? Like a couple times a week, we get together, and we all get really excited about it, and we sing, I love to tell the story of one thing seen above. Like we wrote a song about it, Jesus. Don't you like it? Okay, and Jesus, this, you are going to be impressed. Get ready, Jesus. Like we memorized it in Greek. <laughs> you speak Greek, you idiots. Okay, yeah, but like isn't that impressive? Like we know it even in Greek. Now here's the thing. I'm learning Greek, Okay. Um, I love memorizing the Bible. I meet, this morning, I was with a group of men studying, but what do you think Jesus would say? He'd say, guys, I'm happy you memorized it. Guys, I'm happy you're studying together, but did you obey what I told you? Okay, and I want you to look in your life as an honest look, and I'm with you. Okay, the mission that Jesus asked his disciples to do is exactly the same for us as a church. Okay, so you have to imagine yourself that you're standing on that mountain and you're looking Jesus in the eye and he puts your name in there. And he says, Ramona, go. Ramona, go make disciples of all nations. And he looks at you and he goes, Drew, go. He looks at us, Bob, go. And he looks at every single one of us. He looks us in the eye and he says, here's my mission for you. Okay, and here's, if we take an honest look, they're going to put a slide up there. The majority of Christians do not know that the Great Commission is our mission from Christ himself. Right? Now, I'm not trying to, we would say in youth group, throw shade. 
I'm not trying to just be negative, but many people, if we're honest, we just don't even know this. Like, if you ask a lot of Christians, um, you know, like, what does it mean to be a Christian? They go, well, maybe it means being nice. Maybe it means, like, we sing really loud. I love singing loud. <laughs> maybe it means, like, well, I think we're, like, we love God with all our heart. Yeah, all that is true. Okay, but the mission Okay, if you imagine like a football team to play, like that's great that you got your pads, that great, that's great that you guys got cheerleaders and you're really excited, but here's the play that you have to execute. Okay, many people, they don't even know. The majority of Christians, they don't even know that Jesus made it painfully clear. Not painfully, he made it so clear. You can't like, well, maybe when he said go, he meant do nothing. <laughs> you're like, well, I studied it in Greek and actually it says like just do nothing. Like, well, no. Let's talk after service. No. Um, that is, you, can't, you can't do that. Like there's just absolutely no way to get around the fact that he said go and make disciples. And here's the sad reality. Is that many Christians live their lives utterly disconnected from the mission of Jesus Christ. Okay, many people. Now we can say, you know, we're Joy Church. We're all about going. You know, we're all about making disciples. But if you and me sit down together and we get your schedule out and we get your checkbook out. And we get, we get your Instagram, your Facebook, your Snapchat out. We go, okay, so where are you going? And where are you making disciples? And how are we obeying Jesus together as a church? I think the sad reality is that many of us, if we looked at the mission of Jesus, and we looked at our weekend, they wouldn't connect that much. Right? For many of us, it might be, well, well I go to church once a week. That is, that is great. Like for some, for some of us, maybe that's, that's a great step to be faithful I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying for all of us, where you're at, you have to say, is my life connected to the mission of Jesus? Right, and I know for me, I can tell you the day this became real in my life because I wrote down, and we're just gonna go quickly through it. I think there's three types of people, um, and a lot of us would fall into one of these categories. The first type of person is maybe you just didn't know, um, and that's totally fine. If this is the first time you've heard this, your mission, don't feel bad, just be excited and start today. Is that okay? If you're like, oh, that's the first time I heard that, I'm going to tell you about the first time I heard this for the first time. Okay? Some of us, we just, we just don't know. You just literally don't know the mission. I want to give you some tools today so you can obey Jesus. And I promise there's no life like it. There is no place to find more joy than being activated in the call of God in your life. Okay, the second group is some of us, we know this, but maybe we're not walking in obedience to it. Right, maybe you say, okay, Johnny, I know that God's called me to go, and I know that God's called me to make disciples, but up to this point, I just haven't started yet. Okay, I'm going to urge you, because there is an eternal implication on your life and on other people's lives, that today would be the day that you say no more. I know the mission, but I will obey the mission, right? And the third group of people, as many people here, is that you know the mission and you're doing the mission. Right, there are so many people in this church, and you're my brothers and sisters, and it's like, it feels like a team. You know, we're driving out on the streets, and it's like, hey, I know you're loving Jesus and loving people, me too, you know? <laughs> and that's awesome, and for all of us who know the mission and we're doing it, every single one of us can do it better, right? Um, every single one of us, and I will go quickly. I remember being in junior high. Junior high, I think it was actually in high school. Um, and I'd been freshly, like, adult, converted, saved, and I, I found Jesus. I remember this whole camp, I was praying, God, what's your will for my life? God, what's your will for my, you know, you guys ever prayed that before? I'm like, Jesus, if you just tell me I'll do anything, I'll go to Africa, I'll, I'll go anywhere, do anything, I just want to know what you want me to do. And every day, 
of that camp. I prayed and prayed. And I was super discouraged. I was like, you know, the second day goes by. This is why you need to go to youth camp. Youth camp has changed my life. Um, you know, the third day, I'm just like on my knees. Come on, Jesus. Speak to me, God. Okay, finally, I'm discouraged. My like, God, this sucks. My youth pastor promised me that if I would ask, if I asked you for help, you'd speak. Yeah, that, that didn't work, God. I was like super mad at God. So the very last day, I'm like, yeah, this sucked. What a waste of money. It was actually super fun. But I was like, well, at least I had fun. And I rode the water slide a thousand times. Um, and I sit down on the last day of camp. And if you've been to camp, it's like the last morning. And Pastor Andy Godot, one of my heroes, he gets up and he says, some of you have been praying all week. What's God's will for my life? I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like, I was like, you heard me. I was like, no way. I was like, like, we pray and God hears us. Like, I know that's simple, but like, we don't believe that all the time. Like, when God answers your prayer and you're like, no way. Like, I was praying and God heard me. And he goes, will you obey it? And I'm like, yes, God, whatever you say, I'll obey it. Like, if I got to just buy a loincloth and move to the jungle, I'll be excited. <laughs> and he says, here is Jesus' mission for your life. And he said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And I can tell you for the first time my ears were open. I said, oh God, this is the reason I have breath in my lungs. Okay, Jesus, you saved me. Jesus, you shed your blood on the cross to wash me from my sins, to break the burdens and addictions of my life. You gave me hope. How many of you guys have found hope in Jesus? Okay, if you are a Christian, people wonder, like, Johnny, why do you jump around like an idiot? Because Jesus changed me. How could you not? Okay, when you looked at Jesus on that cross, how could you not just be an idiot? I don't mean like an idiot in the bad way. I mean in the, the best way possible. Like... When someone says, let's go to In-N-Out Burger, like, I want to rip my shirt off and dance around the house. <laughs> you think I'm exaggerating. You don't know me. <laughs> like, uh, ask Riley. I think it's happened. <laughs> okay? I've seen us. The ducks. We paint our bodies. We get jerseys. We go crazy. Like, most people at a ducks game are not like, well, we just really want to do this right. Go ducks. No. <laughs> we go bonkers. Okay, and how could you look at Jesus and not go just absolutely bonkers? Okay, so when I heard that for the first time, I was that person that, I think I'd heard it in church, but I didn't know. But I'm telling you, I got a purpose. Okay, and many Christians, maybe, maybe you feel like, God, I don't, I don't have a purpose. God, I just feel like I go to church and I, maybe you're a mom and I take care of my family. Maybe you're a husband and I work and I provide for my family. That's amazing. But if you feel maybe in your heart, you say, God, is there more for me? Okay, you will never be satisfied until you become a part of the mission of Jesus because that's how he made you. Okay, and I want us to look, and that day changed me. From that day forward, I can basically tell you there has not been a day, a week of my life, that my car has not been full of people who didn't know Jesus. Because I said, Jesus, this is why I live. And if I'm going to embarrass myself, that's fine. So, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, and so that changed my life. Okay, I'm just thankful that somebody said, Johnny, do you know the mission? No, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to love Jesus, do my best. Okay, let me tell you the mission. And I hope this morning that in 20 minutes when we leave this place, I hope that you go out with purpose saying, I know why God saved me. Amen? 
So if we want to obey Jesus in this, we have to know what he asked us to do. Does that make sense? Um, like you imagine that huddle up. Um, Jesus made it pretty darn clear. The first thing he said is to go. Can you say that word with me? Go. Say it again because I need a drink of water. Go. If I drink too much water, I'll have to go. <laughs> Sorry, youth pastor. Okay. So this word literally means go. We see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says go into to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. So our context, go to Medford, go to the Rogue Valley, go to Oregon, go everywhere. Make sense? Jesus literally said just go everywhere. But maybe you wonder like what does that word go mean? In Mark chapter 16, Jesus made this clear. What does it mean to go? And they should have it up there. Um, Oh, I lost it. There it is. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said, go into all the world and, what's that word? Proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. There's more there. We're not going to read it. When you think go, just think, bring Jesus everywhere. Okay, God has called you. I love in the, in the book of Colossians, I think it's Colossians 3, 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. There's this idea that as a disciple of Jesus, he would fill you so much that everywhere you go, you'd kind of just explode Jesus. Okay, now it's not weird. It's not like ooey gooey, anything. It's just, you know Jesus, he fills your life, and, and he, you, you proclaim him. Right, that word proclaimed just means you tell people about Jesus. Um, a funny story, we found this taco place a couple weeks ago. It's our favorite taco place. It's incredible. Okay, I heard about it. So I invited like 10 or 15 friends to go there. We loved it. Two days later, we brought like 20 more friends with us. Then the next day, I've probably been there like 10 times in a month. Okay, when I found out how good it was, I just went to everybody and says, you have to try La Torta Loca. It's incredible. I'm texting people. I'm putting it on Facebook. I'm like, this place is so good. Just think that with Jesus. Okay, that everywhere you go, everything you do is just, I got to tell you about Jesus. You know, every single one of, this, one of us, it might look different. Okay, I might work for a church. You might be a stay-at-home mom. That's a good thing. Because God is going to put people around you that I'll never talk to. I'll never get the chance to meet them. So maybe your kids play together at the park and you say, thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. I get to bring you to the park. Maybe you're an engineer. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you work at a pizza shop. I don't know what you do. Maybe you're a contractor. Okay, that's a good gift from God that we're different, right? Okay, because God, his plan is that he would spread us out in the city so that everywhere people go, there would be someone telling about Jesus. You know, and I dream of the day that everywhere you go, there's a joy person telling somebody about Jesus. You walk in a Starbucks, you're like, oh, yep, there's Ramona just telling somebody about Jesus. And you're like, oh, wait, there's Cindy. She's just leading somebody to Christ over there. I just dream of that day in our city. Okay? Now, sometimes we fail. That's okay. I, have, I could write you a 1,000-page book of how many, not 1,000. Okay, let's go like 20 pages. <laughs> a 20-page book about how many times I've tried to tell people about Jesus and it just face-planted. Okay, what do I do? Do I quit? Absolutely not. Okay, did you, do you quit everything because you fail once or twice? No. Because this is my purpose. This is why I live. And here's what excites me. Um, they have a slide up there. The call to follow Jesus is the call to fish for men. Okay? Or to say it a different way, the call to follow Jesus is the call to win the lost. Um, in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus called people to follow him, these are the first words they would have ever heard from Jesus. Okay, the first words. Remember we imagined what it would be like to be his disciple? 
Um, it wasn't like Jesus got the guys to follow him for three years, and it's kind of like one of those weird business, like a business meeting or something. And like at the very end, there's like this really weird clause. You're like, no, I didn't sign up for this. It wasn't like that. Jesus didn't say, oh, you followed me for three years. Now go get people. No. From the very first word, he said, follow me, and I will make you to become, who knows it? Fishers of men. The first words you would have ever heard from Jesus as his follower was, follow me, and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Okay, that's the first word. The last word you would have heard from Jesus is go into all the world and make disciples. So everything we do as a Christian, it was bookended by follow me and fish for men and go into all the world and make disciples. That's our identity. You know, and to be honest, I have a lot of people that, you know, well, Johnny, you're just loud. Yeah, I am loud. God just made me that way. I can't explain it. I don't want to be loud. I get in trouble every week at the dinner table for being loud. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be loud for Jesus. If you're quiet, be quiet, but just loud enough people can hear you for Jesus. Right? It's not a better or worse. It's not like people tell me, well, John, you just tell people about Jesus because you're an extrovert. No. I can't tell you about how many times I've been at Starbucks on my knees begging God for strength to tell someone about Jesus. Or many bathrooms. That's gross, but I don't know. <laughs> Saying, God, I know I need to tell them about you. I know I need to share the gospel with that person. I'm so scared. Give me strength. Okay, I'm an extrovert. Okay, it's not like Jesus just says, okay, extroverts win the lost and introverts make disciples. It's just not like that. Every one of us. Okay, and I want to encourage you this morning to consider, if you are a follower of Jesus, then you are a fisher of men. Okay, and this can look so different in so many of our lives. Um, I was just thinking about the last month of my life, the last couple of months. Um, a few months ago, I was in Cambodia, and we were literally going hut to hut. People who were Buddhist or Hindu or kind of animistic tribal people, and we're just sharing Jesus. Okay, can I tell you, I've never been more excited than that. When you look someone eyeball to eyeball and you realize maybe they never would have heard about Jesus if we didn't come here. And you say, can we tell you about Jesus? Well, I didn't do it because I don't speak Cambodian. Come I. But they did it. And I was sitting there just praying. And they go, can we tell you about Jesus? And the person goes, I don't believe in Jesus. I believe in this God or that God. And they say, well, we're going to pray. Because you have problems, you have sickness, you have disease. We're going to see Jesus show up in your life. Okay, a couple of weeks ago in Mexico, we were in a slum going house to house, giving out a little bag with rice, beans, milk, and flour. And people go, why are you doing this? Like, why are you coming to us? And we asked if we could pray for them. We go, have you ever heard about Jesus? And they go, I want to hear about him. Or I've kind of heard about him. I don't know him. Can I tell you, church, there's nothing more exciting than that. But can I tell you, two days ago, I was at Dollar Tree with my connect group, Medford Dollar Tree, not Cambodia Dollar Tree. You're not going to find it. A couple days ago, I'm at Dollar Tree, and my connect group, they go, do you, do you go to church anywhere? To the lady, the cashier. She's like, no, I don't really believe in church. And we're like, we believe in church. We love church. Right? And I go, okay, well, here's the info. Here's where you can come. And she goes, well, a lot of people go to church because it's fun or it's cool. And that's the wrong reason. I go, I believe that too. Have you ever heard about Jesus? Right? It's no different. I can tell you, I've shared Jesus in a hut, and I've shared Jesus at Yogurt Hut. It's exactly the same, right? It's just exactly the same. If I can be really vulnerable, um, last night I was studying for this message, just praying, saying, God, I don't, I'm bad at this. Like, I'm so fearful. I'm so afraid to share the gospel. I just have my head down, and I see this, I just look up from praying. I see this guy um, who I knew years ago, this guy that was just kind of on and off of drugs, and I just run out. I'm like, if this isn't God, I don't know what is. We end up talking. He's crying. He's hugging me. He's on my shoulder. I'm just like, dude, you need Jesus, Right? This isn't like just one night a year we all get together. It's just the way we live. 
right? So when I go to Panda Express, thank you, God, for Panda Express. And I see somebody that needs Jesus. It's just who I am. Church, it's not something I do. It's just who you are. Because when you, did, when you signed up to follow Jesus, I'm sorry, it wasn't like the little print. It was the, the huge print. It was like type 8,000 on the document. It said, follow me, fish for men. And some of us, we go, well, Jesus, I didn't really sign up for this. I signed up to get my sins washed away. I didn't sign up for telling people about you. I'm going to tell you, get with God because he'll put a passion to share him. Amen? So, number one, and we're going to go quickly. Okay, the call to follow Jesus, the call to fish for men. Um, application, just start where you're at. Today, if you go out to lunch, just ask God to open up your eyes. That is the scariest prayer you will ever pray. Want me to tell you why? I promise you with all my heart, he will. <laughs> There's times I grab, I grab cards and I get in my car, like little touch cards from the church. And I say, Jesus, if you'll open my eyes to see somebody today, I'll tell them about you. Okay, that seems really holy and spiritual in a car. It sucks at McDonald's. <laughs> when you're like, oh God, not today. They messed up my chicken nuggets. I'm angry. Can I just tell you, God always asks me to share the gospel in like the worst possible timing ever. I'm hurt, I'm busy, I'm rushed, and then someone needs help. I'm like, Lord, not again. I don't want to be late again. Okay, just start where you're at. With your coworkers, just be willing to have a conversation with them. And if they cuss you out, can we just be real? Jesus called us to suffer for his name. Okay, if, if you lose a couple of friends, you're being a real friend because there are eternal consequences online, a real heaven and a real hell. Maybe today you go to the park with your kids, just ask God to open up your eyes, Lord, who's here that needs you? Okay, and the second thing is the call to follow Jesus is the call to make disciples. Okay, and I just put three people up here. Um, I forgot to ask Amy. Sorry, Amy, I'm calling you out. Okay, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Regardless of our vocation, our job, all of us share the same mission. And this is something that I think, this is the glue of the church. I think it's something that unites us. Okay, three people up here that I love with all my heart. Let's start with Amy because she doesn't know she's up here. Amy owns a business, her and her husband. Okay, they work hard. So they're not like here all day. They're out doing business all day. But Amy and her husband have said, you know what, we will take the mission serious. Okay, it doesn't matter that I'm not a pastor in the church. Because I'm a follower of Jesus, and there's absolutely no difference. Jesus didn't say, pastors, here's your job, and everybody else, no, 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 no. Because you know what? I'm just a, a, a Christian. Okay? And Amy and her husband taking it serious, say, Lord, we will not only tell people about Jesus, but you know what making disciples is? It sounds really scary, just helping people follow Jesus. Right? And I have watched time and time again, Amy and her husband, Pete, they say, we will do this. We own a business. We have a life. We have a schedule. We're busy. We have problems. But that doesn't change the mission, right? There's Katie Mack praying in the middle. Katie is a college student, so people in different types of life. So Katie goes to study all day, and then she works two different jobs, okay? But there is not many people I know that are more devoted to the mission of Jesus than Katie. She's my hero. I call her Saint Katie. <laughs> because she says, I will get off work tired, and I will go pick up people who are new believers, and I will teach them to follow Jesus, Okay, making disciples is just helping people. Maybe it means you open up a connect group in your house and you go, I don't know it all, but I'll help people. I'll help people come closer to Jesus. Maybe it means you say, I'll, I'll pick people up for church so that they can be in the house of God. There are so many ways that you can do this, but we all share the same mission. That's what unites us. So on a Sunday morning as we're worshiping, I can look over and say, well, this guy's an engineer or this girl's a college student or this person's a stay-at-home mom, but we all share the same mission. 
Okay, because the mission's the same. And the last time I saw my brother Riley, and Riley works a crazy job. My brother-in-law, he's an engineer, but you know what? That doesn't stop him. He has some of the craziest hours I know, but every single week, he says, I will give myself to the mission of Jesus for my life. Church, that unites us. Right? Make disciples. So what's the application from that? It's just open your life to help people follow Jesus. Maybe for you, this is just simple. It just means you say, every week, I will encourage one person in the church to start there. Right? Maybe it means there's a new person in the church. You say, I will meet them. I will sit by them and help them get connected. Right? Or for some of you, maybe it means I need to start a connect group. Maybe it means I need to gather some people who don't know Jesus and meet with them on a week-to-week basis. Because the call has two parts. Number one, we, what's that one word? We go. And the second part of that mission is Make disciples. And as we begin to close, Jesus made us a promise. And this church is what gets me excited. If you thought I was excited about the other stuff, sorry. That was nothing yet. Um, if you look at the, the command from Jesus, come back to that moment with the disciples. You're standing before Jesus. And if you're like me, I look at him and I go, Lord, I, I'm so fearful, God. Like, I mean that. Nobody knows how much fear I have in my heart. And there's times Jesus says, just go give him a flyer to church. And I'm sitting in my car like shaking with fear. You ever been there? There's times that Jesus says, go, go invite that person to church. Or go tell this person about Jesus or go do this or go do that. Just, I'm like, Lord, why am I so nervous? Like, yeah, I go to Cambodia, tell people about Jesus, village to village, woo! I'm at Dollar Tree feeling like so insecure about myself. Like, what if I mess it up? I want you to know something. All your problems, every excuse you have, every, everything you're battling with. When you look at the mission of Jesus, he said, he started saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, to him. Okay, so you, you have problems in your life. Jesus already overcome on the cross. When he said, it is finished, sick and death and disease and every bondage, everything in this world, he overcame. And he's not worried. Like you think about our storms, he's not worried about it. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And he says, I'll give that authority to you. Okay, and he ends it saying, behold, go and make disciples. I'm with you always to the end of the age. So when you go to work tomorrow, Jesus is with you. Okay, the same God who can look at dead people and say, stand up. He says, I will be with you in your workplace. He says, you're a stay-at-home mom and you don't sleep ever. I'm with you. Like Jesus and coffee, thank you, God. I'm with you. So when you feel fear, when you feel worry, when you feel doubt, you remind yourself that this is actually more about God than it ever was about you. It's not Jesus saying, well, Johnny, amp yourself up, get yourself excited. He says, no, 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 no. On that cross, I defeated death. On that cross, I defeated the grave. Okay, and that's what gives us courage. Okay, Acts 1-8 says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, I will give you power to be my witnesses. So when you go, you have the power of Jesus. Okay, and this is a little crazy. The book of Mark says five things he promises he'll do. If you encounter sick people, he says, you pray for them, they'll be healed. Okay, if you see people who are tormented with demons, okay, this isn't just like super number one Christian stuff. This is just all of us. Jesus says, all the authority that I have, I give it to you to win the lost, to make disciples. Okay, church, he's promised to be with us. But I want to ask, will we obey him? Will we obey him? 
Jesus shed his blood on the cross, not just to wash us of our sins, but so that we can tell the world about that. Right, and this is why I love God. If, if you're a Christian, you're gonna fall on your face a lot and you make mistakes, you mess up, you promise God I'll never do this, I'll never do that, and you fall on your face. Can I tell you something? Every time Jesus is there to grab you by the hand, lift you up, dust you off, he goes, let's go try again. Can I tell you how many times I've tried to tell people about Jesus and it just fell apart? And you go, oh God, I thought you were with me. And then he, but can I tell you how many more times when I just tell somebody about Jesus and God just shows up? Like to be honest, last night talking to that guy, I just kind of was like, dude, Jesus loves you. Ah, just grabs me, he's crying, he's holding me. I'm like, Jesus, you really are with me. Can I tell you how many times I've had so much fear in my heart to tell someone about Jesus? And the second I just say, Lord, I'm so afraid, but I'll obey you. I remember this one time I had to walk like super far across this park to go find somebody. And I'm, I promise you this, I was like shaking in the car with fear. By the time I got halfway through the park, it was like, I couldn't explain it. There was so much peace that filled my heart. I like walked back to the car like, woohoo, God's with me. Okay, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Like every problem you face, you have the Holy Spirit of God with you to overcome it. Okay, but that's, it's not just like God's a million miles away and you're down here on planet earth. And he says, all that power, all that authority, I will give it to you because I'm with you. Okay, and here's my challenge. We're going to pray and then we're going to go. Is that you would say, Jesus, the call to follow you is the call of fishermen. I will go. Jesus, the call to follow you is a call to make disciples. I will go wherever you're at. If you've known Jesus for one week, you can start today. If you've known Jesus for 50 years, you can get better today. All right, so church, if you wouldn't mind standing up, we're going to pray. Quickly, I threw a couple of applications up there. I put number one. If you want to obey this, you imagine you're sitting with Jesus on that mountain. You got your notebook out and you're ready. Two things I'm going to ask you to do. Is that okay? You got homework. Welcome to church and get excited for your homework. <laughs> Number one is that you just would commit yourself to being a disciple of Jesus. You know, I'm up here today just saying, oh God, I want to follow you better. Jesus, I want to share you more. Jesus, I want to make disciples more. Right? But if we're not disciples of Jesus, it's really hard to make disciples of Jesus. A couple super simple steps is, that I wrote down if you're not in a connect group, if you're not in a place of people who devote themselves to love each other, you know, honestly, sometimes our prayers are not that spiritual. I have a group that meet in my house every single Wednesday morning, like at 6.30. They love Jesus. And sometimes we just get in a circle. I'm just like, just pray that God's going to make us brave enough to tell people about him. That's not like raw, raw, raw Christianity. That's just saying, Jesus, if you'll be with me, I'll, I'll do it. Right, you need to be in a connect group, a place where you are committed to say, we will help each other. When I fall flat on my face and I mess up, I have guys that at 2 a.m. I'll just call them and say, I need help. Or that at 2 p.m. I'll call them, right? You need that. You need people cheering you on. You need people to pray for you. You need people in your life that believe in you. But also, you need people in your life, they can call you out and they can call your bluff. You need people who you walk in the room, they say, what's wrong with you? They go, come on. And then you talk to them. You need that. You need people that you give permission to say, I know you don't like this. I know this is going to hurt you for a minute, but it's healthy for your soul. The second thing is that we have the growth track here committed to help you grow. Right? Maybe you say, you know what? I just need to get planted in the church, serving faithfully. That is an amazing place to start. 
saying, I will be here for when people come, I will help them. Today, we're in week three. You can start today. Okay, if you're not serving, if you're not activated, okay, you can start today. And the last thing I said is just begin to grow in your relationship with Jesus. When you spend time with him, Jesus is the best fisher of men ever. So if you spend time with him, he'll change you, I promise. <laughs> if you just commit yourself, I will read the word daily. I will pray. I will worship. I will spend time with God. Right now, the youth, we're doing that. Parents, make your kids do it. Help us, please. We're saying for 21 days, we'll take 10 minutes to read the word of God, 10 minutes to write about it, and 10 minutes to pray and worship. If you do that, God will change you. Amen? The second thing I put is just commit yourself to the great commission of Christ for your life. So commit to be a disciple and commit to take his mission seriously. So I put make a plan. You got to be, it can't just be spiritual. It has to be practical. You know, maybe you say, you know what? I commit to invite one person to church every day. Or I invite to invite one person to church every week. Maybe you say, I commit to, I'm going to write a name of 10 people. I just commit to start praying for them daily. Make a plan to go and make a plan to make disciples. We have some resources available that Jen's going to be posting later this week to help you do this. It's called, it's like a nine-page disciple-making plan. I love it. But make a plan to do this. So I'm going to pray for you, church. If you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes. The gospel of Jesus is the greatest news in all the world. And church, I'm urging you that we would be so serious about, Lord, this is my mission. It's not the mission of Joy Christian Fellowship. It's not the mission of the pastors. It's not the mission of the great Christians. It is my mission. I'm asking us, church, that you would look at Jesus. 2,000 years ago, he stood on a mountain and said, guys, here's our call. Here's our mission. Here's what we do. Go and make disciples. I'm asking that you would say yes. Maybe your yes looks like this. God, I'm afraid, but yes. God, I don't know what I'm going to do, but yes. How, whatever your yes looks like, as long as it's yes, I'm happy with you. And God's happy with you. But maybe you're in this place and you say, you know what, John? I don't know Jesus. Okay, Jesus died to save you. you know, maybe you came in this place and you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And you have issues and you have problems. Maybe you said, I've looked in so many places trying to be happy. I looked in so many places trying to find joy and I'm always feeling empty. Can I tell you something? You will forever search until you find Jesus. You can look for joy, but you'll never find it until you find Jesus. You can look for freedom from bondage and addiction, but until you say, I need you, Jesus. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Our problems are actually a lot bigger than you know. It's not just problems here. The Bible says that because of our sin, we're separated from God. And if we die without Jesus, we will be separated from him in hell for eternity. But we serve the greatest God. And this is the greatest news in all the world. That the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. That if you're in this place and you said, you know what, Johnny, I need Jesus. He died to save you. And they buried him in that tomb. But three days later, he rose again. And I'm going to ask you, if you're in this place and you, you say, you know what, I need to give my life to Jesus. Would you come forward? We want to pray for you. If you say, you know what, Johnny, that's me. I want to commit my life to being a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've been in the church for 10 minutes or 20 years. You say, I need to commit my life to following Jesus. Come right now. We're going to pray for you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to do anything crazy. We're just going to ask. We're going to pray all together with you. So, or if you say, you know what, Johnny, I've been in the church, but I'm not following Jesus. I'm not a disciple of Jesus. Would you come up right now? 
If that's you and you say, you know, I need Jesus to save me. I need to put my hope in him. I need to put my faith and my trust in him because he's the only way to the Father. Right now, if you're in this place and you need Jesus, I'm asking you to come forward and we're going to pray with you. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Come on, church, give a shout. All of heaven's excited. All of heaven's rejoicing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Dear Father, thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe and I declare that you are my Lord and you are my God. I thank you that you shed your blood to forgive me for my sins. But I thank you that you rose again and you are alive. And you said if I'd call on your name, I would be saved. So I call on your name. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. I give my life to you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, everybody said? And lastly, I'm going to quickly pray for you. If you say, you know what, Johnny, that's me. Whether I've been in church for 10 minutes or 100 years, I commit to Jesus' mission for my life. If that's you, would you lift your hand? I'm going to pray for you. Say, you know what, Johnny, I want to be activated. I want to go and share the gospel. I want to make disciples. Like, my hands are up, my feet are up, everything I got is up. (laughs) Okay, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, that you died so we could have freedom. I thank you, Jesus, that you're the hope of our lives. That, Jesus, you have washed us. God, you have cleansed us. You have given us freedom, God. I thank you, Jesus, that you have made us new. That, God, we're not just broken people kind of patched together. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. And, God, now there's no more shame. There's no more condemnation. There's no more guilt because we're new. But, Jesus, that news is too good to keep to ourselves, God. God, I pray that we would obey you, that Jesus, we would go. God, I pray that Joy Church would be a church that we would be in the highways, that we would be in the byways. God, that at coffee shops and doctor's office and engineering places all across the city, God, that we would go. God, and not just to this city, but even to the ends of the earth, God. God, I pray that there would be people here that you would call and say, you need to go to India or you need to go to Africa, God, because you've called us. Help us to obey you, God, and help us to make disciples, Jesus, every single one of us. So God, as big or as small, wherever we're out on the journey, Jesus, help us to obey you, to win the lost, to make disciples. Jesus, we love you so much. We just want to live for you. We want to serve you. We thank you for this day. In the name of Jesus, everybody said.